Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. You are listening to the Build Your Network podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place, because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another BYN Breakdown. On this episode, uh, we honestly are kind of all over the place, but what had happened was uh, Eric and I were sitting down and recording a couple of these episodes uh, for all of you guys, and we kind of got off on a tangent in between recordings. And the conversation we're having was which largely based around religion and hypocrisy and how to healthily challenge the things that you believe and I just kind of found the conversation really useful and entertaining. So I just hit the record button like halfway through. And this is that last half of the conversation that we were having. So uh, this is kind of an unconventional episode here on Belgian Network. But I think that some of it is really effective for building relationships with people who might hold different views or opinions or beliefs than the ones that you hold to. And uh, so we're just going to release it anyway. Hope you guys enjoy it. Please reach out to us if you have any questions or feedback around this particular episode tag me at travis chapel over on instagram and uh yeah hope you guys enjoy this random conversation that my producer eric and i uh were having we'll catch you on the next episode with like the religion thing like i never lost sleep going like what if the muslims are right and i never sit there going like what if they're wrong but like the fear of hell is such a big thing of where you know when you talk about like your own religion you're like that weight of like, what if I'm wrong and I go to hell comes from you believing in the doctrine of hell in the first place. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. like, 
when you try to unpack that psychologically, like from right. the time you were a child, if you get this wrong, you're going to hell. Right. right. So like you can't examine that because right. the consequence for examining it and having another position is hell. Right. Versus like you taking time to be like, why do I believe in hell? Like right. no one goes to that. It's kind of like working in like a prearranged system of like, if you're, it's like being a sim, you know what I mean? Like you live in your little house and it's like, you can go to the bathroom, you can go to the kitchen, you can go here, but like the sim never builds anything on its own. You know what I mean? It just kind of navigates itself around. So like everything is fear, dude. Like think about even podcasting, like getting people to start a show. Like the number one thing is like, well, what about my nine to five? You're programmed by society to think like you right. need to be afraid of an alternative or like, yeah. what if I lose money or drugs? Doing? Like think about like just pot, like the way that I thought about pot a year ago was so influenced by like cartoons, like right. by hearing, you know what I mean? Like commercials, dare, you right. know what I mean? Like, and you know, and like, years of preaching and years of preaching, you know right. what I mean? And it's like, it's like weighing out all these things but you're not even getting, you haven't even been given the facts to look at. Right. It's all in this weird bubble. And it's like, we've already come to the conclusions for you and yes. here they are. Or, don't worry. You don't have to think pick about it. your choice. So like in the Christian realm, it's like, do you believe in free will or more sovereignty? Like you still believe in God. You're not going back further than right. like these little choices. Right. You know which what is I mean? what, which is what we're like, the IFB I does like this is to a episode, T, but yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. They do that on an, an, an extreme level where it's just like do you go soul winning saturday or tuesday do you do you allow a, an acoustic guitar with yeah. your worship on sunday and do you call it worship <laughs> you know what i mean well, like that's a weird phenomenon that i felt in like i just told someone this like sometimes when, when my brain maybe i've told you this too but like I, it's just a weird thing it's like a totally psychological thing but one thing that's really weird for me to feel is sometimes when i get really deep into like like when i have to listen to a lot of I be preaching or when I have to like, or if I'm just an autopilot, I'm just sitting there. Like I'll still feel a weird, like drawing to that. Yeah. Sure. Or like a weird, like a lot of that's, I think the six. nostalgia. And... Yeah. Nostalgia. But it's also like, we spent so much time hearing like the people, Stephen Hassett actually talks about this a lot. And this is one of the main reasons I wanted to have him on. Cause it opened up my eyes to a lot is he said like cults create persecution complexes and so the hardest thing about dealing with a cult is that when you attack it, you're proving them right. Right. And right. so like, that's one thing with me is like, since I'm in the attack position and a lot of times I remember all the preaching going like people attack because they're mad at God and hate Christianity and hate, you know, and they right. want to live the way they, and so like sometimes when my brain goes on autopilot, I'll be like, is that me? Sure. Am I the person they were preaching about? And it's weird because when my brain's working, I don't think that way, but like, it's so imprinted on me. Well, yeah, it's psychological objection handling is what they're yeah. doing is that they're tackling objections before they come <laughs> it's up sales. Like when we're teenagers. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. It's That's it's a, a large indoctrination sequence that comes in by the time when we were talk three about a funnel that yeah. happened. Oh, it was. I mean, and then they get you to Bible college then they get you on a bus. Exactly. Route, it was you. like, that's exactly what it was is the church, you know, growing up in Lancaster, the, like the church has the school and then you go to the school and I was in the school from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. And then in high school there, we didn't have like career counselors that sat us down and said, what do you want to do with your life when you, when you get out they of here? They guilted you into what you it was need to do. Basically just like, Hey, attend youth conference and teen camp and winter retreat and any youth activity that we have and make sure that you're at all of the youth things. We'll have chapel twice a week in school. We have Wednesday night Bible study. We have Sunday morning, Sunday night 
We have like all these other things to basically indoctrinate you to talk about going into full-time ministry and how awesome that is and how, you know, how could you possibly do anything else with your life when people are dying and going to hell? You know what I mean? So it's just like, and then, oh, by the way, we also have a college that helps you go into ministry better. For your convenience. Do you want an application? You know what I mean? And so it's it's a, just a giant funnel. Well, and, and, but the problem with the way, like the, what, what happened was that there was no other options. It was either Bible college or we don't care basically yeah. was what is what like, it felt like. Are you with us? Or are you against us? Yeah. Well, and, and it wasn't even like bad on you for going that other direction. It was just that it was just that there was no more assistance. Which, you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. it was like, Oh, you want to be an engineer? Thumbs up. Good luck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Make there sure wasn't, you- there wasn't somebody sitting you down going like, okay, you need these grades. You need this application to this college to get in over yeah, there's here. There's no help. At it that was point. just like, yeah. either you're going to ministry, in which case here's an application to come to the college. that's on the same campus that you've been going to school for since you were three or four years old, or you're going to go do something else in which case like good luck, but we're not going to help. That's what's crazy though about the whole, like I just told someone like the idea that you're not going to have an impact or do anything outside of that. You know what I mean? And then I told someone the other day, I was like, I feel like I am more in ministry now than I was when I w- was. <laughs> like yeah, I right. said, like I'm helping more people right. now, but it's like in my mind. That's what eventually started leading me away from it was that I had started noticing people's definition of ministry. Like, so at that particular ministry, cause it was so huge. It was such a giant ministry. You know, there's 300 something people on, on staff there, like 300 something employees. And I started realizing that, you know, well, this guy is on payroll from the church, but like he cuts the grass. Yeah. And that guy runs the kitchen yeah. that feeds the college students. Like, is that ministry? Cause technically they're all telling like calling him he's in full-time ministry, but he's just doing a secular job within That's the context people. of being yeah. in the church like that. Right. Like, so ministry, your definition really is not helping people or ministering to people. Your definition is your paycheck has the seal from the church on it. Like that's not what ministry looks like in my definition, like a layman in the church that doesn't get it, that, that makes really good money and lives a life that he enjoys and serves on the weekends does just as much ministry as the guy that you have. That's like doing lawn maintenance all week and then serves a ministry on the weekend. The difference is like that person's required to serve a ministry on the weekend in order to continue receiving their paycheck for doing non-ministry work during the week. And that other person is making actual money supporting his, his family and enjoying his lifestyle. You know what I mean? That's what I, that's what I hit on super hard is like, I just did this in an episode, but I was like, the Bible defines religion in James or Timothy, but it basically says pure and undefiled religion is visiting widows in their affliction and caring for orphans. Right. And I was like, I mean, that's, that's the like King James version, but yeah, sure. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. No, but it's, it's, that's what it is. It's right. a pure and undefiled religion before God is this. Right. And then it's keeping yourself uh, like untouched from the world or something like that. And so basically Jesus himself defined religion, not as like to visit being the a pastor. It's and the like, widows in their affliction and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm like, so like, I lived in a religious culture for a long time and did not do any of that stuff. Right. (laughs) And like, I was very religious and I'm like, now I'm at my, I would say like least religious quote unquote, but I'm fulfilling religion way more than I ever have. Right. And then I have people saying like, you turn your back on, (laughs) it's like, it's like, no, because they're not talking about Jesus. They're talking about what some pastor said in 1964. Yeah. It's propagation of, it's cloning. You know what I mean? It's like just right. getting yourself into 
let me replicate what I appreciate and find to be compelling. It's holding to tradition over principle. Yeah. It's taking principles, applying tradition to them and holding that in high regard. Like the same people that were telling me that like, oh, these, these new fangled worship groups, all they do is say the same phrase over and over again. And that's not real worship music. And it was like, you realize that we just sang, give me that old time religion. Like we just sang that. Literally the song says, give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. That's a verse of the song. (laughs) That's what we're singing. And you're talking about like, well, this worship group is, is repeating the same phrase over and over again. And it's like, well, at least that phrase makes sense to repeat. You're just praising religion. But you just (laughs) has nothing to do with anything. That's what I mean. That was like, even that stuff was just so fear oriented. Everything, I guess that's what like most people operate. And this could go outside of religion, but like everybody operates politically, religiously, socially, like everything is motivated by the fear of the other yeah. And like, I don't know. So anyway, whatever, whatever I do next in like moving this conversation forward has to be like, how do we tackle that fear of like, you know what I mean? Like the fear how, of what if I'm wrong, of, a healthy questioning, but without letting go of everything. Cause there's a, there's a, an extreme fragility to your worldview. If you can't talk to someone with a different worldview. Right. And that's exactly. where I'm at with like, that's why every episode of my show is like with it's either a pastor or it's with someone who is like, like I just did a pastor and now I have someone who does deconstruction or I sit down with someone who's like very Orthodox Christian. And then I have someone who's like transgender come on and talk. And like those two people would not sit and have a conversation, you know? And it's like, why can you not have all of those people? And like, you know what I mean? Not, not be threatened. I agree. Well, that, and that's the whole point is that they feel threatened. Yeah. And I am speaking from personal experience because that's how I felt. Like that one of the biggest things that made me start kind of moving the direction that I'm in now is when I started thinking about how hypocritical it was from uh, hypocrisy. And it's probably because of the way that I grew up and I saw so much hypocrisy, just blatant hypocrisy, just so rampant in that, in that movement. Hypocrisy is just one of those things that I can't stand. That's why I don't like the fake it till you make it crowd. I don't like people who try to pretend to be somebody else, like just give it to me straight. And if, if we get along, great. If not, like, who cares? You know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah. so, uh, but, but, but anyway, so I started realizing that I was being hypocritical because I wanted to witness to everybody of a different religion than, than I was. Right. So I wanted to have a conversation with a Mormon or with a Catholic or with a Muslim, but only through the lens of I'm trying to convince you to come over to my side of the conversation that was the only way that I was willing to have the conversation. I was never having the conversation to actually be open to hearing what they had to say about it. The only way that I was interested in having the conversation was allowing them to speak while destroying whatever they said in my mind so that I could come up with a great rebuttal of why they're wrong. So anytime like I would ask them, hey, come to church with me, and fully expect them to say yes, but in my mind, I knew for a fact that if they asked me to go to church with them, I would say no. Because yeah. like, why would I go to that like heathen church? And right. you know what I mean? Like it, it just it kind of hit me, struck me one day um, as a full grown adult, finally in 1920, when I was just like, isn't that like the height of hypocrisy that I'm not willing to hear out anybody else and what they believe with the genuine place. Uh, right, <laughs> right. Exactly. With the genuine place of being willing to accept that they might be right. That's the big caveat. You can't just say like, well, I'm willing to hear you out but then just hold to everything that you believe the whole time. Like you have to hear someone out 
and then be willing to throw everything that you currently believe, your entire worldview, your reason for existing that you view, like you have to throw all of that up in the air and be willing to accept that somebody else might be right. And if you can get to that place, then you can have like real open, honest conversations with people. But in, if it, like, if you're still coming to the conversation with this like bias of I'll hear you out, but I know I'm right, then it's a pointless to have the conversation. Cause it's just like, well, wh what do you, like, you're just going to try to convince them to believe the thing that you believe. Like you're not there to listen to what they have to say yeah. about it. You know? So that was kind of one of those things that was just like, it was a big realization for me. It made me just go, you know what? I think I need to, you know, to like at least give people a shot and be willing to hear what other people have to say. And then when I did that, I was like, yeah, you have a point. <laughs> you right. have a really valid yeah. point, you know? Like and even I, if they I would, don't. I'd believe the same thing <laughs> yeah. if I grew up the way that you grew right. up, you know, which yeah. is a weird place to be. Yeah. Well, that's it for this episode. If you want to connect with me and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join my free Facebook group, The Lounge. I'll see you over there and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.